In this episode, we're going to do another espionage in the news, talking about Operation Pegasus, or just Pegasus as some people call it. I actually knew what this was, got brought up on the Intel training page, and my first thought was a very, very old version of Operation Pegasus. It's, it kind of sounds like conspiracy theory. It talks about time travel and teleportation. That's not what this is. I recently put up a document and a, kind of a mind map on cyber intelligence threats and cyber intelligence strategy. This very link that you can see on the Intel training page if you go check it out. There's a link in the show notes. But we're going to talk about Pegasus based on a reskill article that comes back and might bring your memory back to some things we'll mention at the end of the article. This is about spyware used on phones for government officials used by intelligence agencies around the world. Not the only one that's used, but it's a specific one. So espionage in the news, spyware targeting phones. And if you like this, go back and check out in this season, season two, episode 14, about cyber strategies used by Russia and China to give you a little bit more information on what the threats are like and what it looks like when one country does it versus the other. So spyware, Operation Pegasus, that's what we're going to talk about right here in Gray Man, Hiding in Plain Sight. Spies spying and being spies are things that countries and governments do, just like the spyware thing. I actually always, I used to get a chuckle now, I just find it interesting when things come up like this and people have different opinions on them and positions they take. Based on logic or reason or their own opinions, their own emotions, what's okay, what's not, sometimes it's a point of view. That's not what this is about. This is just about Pegasus. Recent articles have come out. The one I'm going to be reading you is from BBC. It came out yesterday. It had to do with French President Emmanuel Macron. One of several world leaders believed to have been targeted for phone hacking using spyware, media reports say. So let's go through this article. I'd like to point some things out. You're probably tracking this. If you're not, you can look it up. Just look up Pegasus in France or Operation Pegasus. Look up spyware and Pegasus. You're going to find some hits. It says the software known as Pegasus infects phones and allows operators to spy on their targets. Operators. Hmm. Interesting term. More like agencies and governments. There's a list out there. It says the leaders, some 50,000 phone numbers of people believed to be of interest to clients of an Israel-based firm, NSO Group. The list was leaked to major news outlets. You can't find that list out there. The NSO denies any wrongdoing. Now, I don't know how they did this, if they were working with the Israeli government or not. I don't think it's fair to necessarily make those presumptions. <clears throat> However, comma. If they were, and they were sanctioned by their government to do it, then based on their government's rules and laws, they're probably not incorrect in saying that there's any wrongdoing. Not that it doesn't violate rules in other countries when you do it, but I think they're more worried about what's happening in Israel. That's just something I want to point out when we read things like this. Doesn't mean it's the case here. It says they designed the software to be used against criminals and terrorists. What's a criminal and a terrorist? You know, every country, in this country even, some of those things are divided by federal law, international law, state laws. I guess it's, again, point of view. You know, back in the Revolutionary War, people that stood up and separated from British rule that freed our country, by law at the time, were criminals and arguably terrorists. Not that they did the wrong thing, it's just based on the existing government at the time, that we essentially overthrew, that's the classification they had. Had we lost that war, anybody that survived probably would have been tried and hanged. The original investigation, it says, led to the reports by the Paris-based non-government organization Forbidden Stories and their human rights group Amnesty International was, quote, full of wrong assumptions and uncorroborated theories, unquote, the Israeli-based group said. Let's go down a little farther. 
French newspaper Le Mans reports the Moroccan intelligence services, yes, they have intelligence services, identified a phone Mr. Macron had been using since 2017. I don't know how specific and clear those details are. I just want to point out that when a world leader is using the same cell phone for that long, somebody needs to sit down and have a conversation because I think that's a foolish security mistake. Morocco says they were not a client of the Israeli manufacturer of the Pegasus software. Now, I don't know where this statement comes from. They didn't clear, clearly state it, but it does say, being on the list does not mean the software was used, but it does mean the person was a potential target. That's probably fair to say. I mean, 50,000 phone numbers, then again, a software, 50,000, how quick could that go? How many more are there? There's a list of 50,000, but does anybody really know if that's the whole thing? It says numbers on the leaked list are also said to include those of President Baram Salia of Iraq and South African Cyril Ramaphosa, as well as the current prime ministers of Pakistan, Egypt, Morocco, and the King of Morocco. If I got those names wrong, apologize. I don't think they're listening, though. More than 600 government officials and politicians from 34 countries are on the list. What's that, like five, four or five countries? What, what are the other 20-something of them? Americans, maybe? The French presidency said that if the revelations were true, they would be very serious. Interesting. Now, it goes on to give kind of a general discussion, but it's it's fairly accurate. Foreign leaders are always a top target for spies. This is true. I've talked about summits like G7, G89 summits, different world summits. More spies than government officials. Many people that are there as part of the entourage will say are spies or are spying or will be debriefed, whether they know they're collecting or not. It says, especially because it's not always just a country's adversaries who are involved. What are they suggesting there? Their allies? Yes. One of the things that's been known here for a long time is France is an ally of ours. But I remember this training class I went through probably, I don't know, give or take around 2005, 2008-ish, probably 2005, 2006. One of the things that I kind of admired about France, <laughs> although it's probably foolish of them, they would say, hey, you know what? It's on. We're spying on you. Like everybody's doing it, but they would admit they're spying on their allies or nobody else would. Now, for the flashback, it says back in 2013, it emerged that the America's National Security Agency, the NSA, was potentially tapping dozens of world leaders, including German Chancellor Angela Merkel, her cell phone, causing severe embarrassment and fairly hefty diplomatic growth. I believe Germany came out and said, yes, that was happening. And we kind of got caught in an embarrassing situation. It's not really likely Two countries are going to come out and get in that kind of argumentative contest if it's not really happening. I think it's more about the fact that we all know it's happening. We just kind of hope that it's not. It's technology. I mean, it's so part of the reason I do this show is so hard today with all the surveillance of technology to really remain under the radar and remain hidden. It's difficult, to say the least. Even if you're living in the middle of nowhere in a cabin, it could be very hard. And technology surpasses and gets so far advanced. Like, if you've never watched it, go watch Zero Days. I've talked about it before. I believe it's still on YouTube, possibly on Hulu or Netflix. or It's definitely going to be on Apple if you want to rent it. And about the what they call the Stuxnet virus, took down the nuclear facilities in Iran back around 2010-ish. And if you watch that, one of the things you catch on is the people that they talk through that, that are the experts, talk about how advanced and crazy big this program was. And when they discovered it, and you can figure out how long it probably been in development for, that was developed by us along with some allies, which they discuss in that film. And, and that was from something that was being created 20 years ago, at least. I mean, how much more advanced and larger are those things now? 
Dog's over here wanting her breakfast treat. I'm trying to convince her I need five minutes. So if you look at things like we've always seen like computers, it seems like every time we turn around, there's a new computer, new camera, new technology like that. Imagine what's happening with all this really advanced high-speed stuff, just like with all the cyber threats and things you can see on cyber. And every time somebody creates something, somebody creates something else. It's so difficult anymore. And the other thing, too, is how long has Pegasus been around? What other programs are there? How more advanced is it now? One of the things it says here near the end is what is noticeable about the latest reports is the possibility of carrying out surveillance against foreign leaders is now potentially for sale and available for a much wide range of sales. So it's always been for sale. The, the, those programs are sold based on what laws are allowed and what countries do, just like certain countries buy and sell different types of military equipment. They sell software. Now, the list being for sale, sure, it depends on whose hands they're getting in. Of course, I don't think anybody's paying for this list because it got released to news outlets and you can't find it. But it does make you wonder how much is out there. But then again, how difficult is it? I mean, if somebody starts calling up the president's personal cell phone in a country, pretty sure they're going to get a new phone. It does say it's not clear how many of those on the list were actually targeted, but the possibility will do much to raise the pressure of against the NSO group and the governments who might have targeted other leaders. Well, plenty of them. Plenty of them done it. The thing is, is whether or not you know about this or maybe you first heard about it in 2013, maybe you read it somewhere on a conspiracy paper or something. This is one of those things that isn't really conspiracy. It's been widely known, probably in modern history, for close to 100 years or at least since World War II or since the beginnings of World War II, that part of what spies have done is collect any information, especially contact information on foreign adversaries, and eventually we even got them on allies, and that became targeted information. That's not unheard of. It's well known in communities like intelligence, whether or not the regular public knows it. Now, why we can have our opinions about whether or not it's right or wrong, or if it's right or wrong, or who's doing it, or we can just decide why that country's doing A, B, and C. What's important is to know that while this stuff does get leaked and does get found out, maybe good, maybe bad, maybe both, that it's how it's done is not what's publicly available, which is probably a good thing. This is why when I bring this up a lot and I talk about cyber stuff or I talk about espionage and you know, I go heavily onto the things like what I call cyber stalking based on software intelligence agencies. I've done shows in the past talking about people going on like LinkedIn from foreign countries and trying to recruit people. There was even an article recently you can look up about how Iran was basically using scams against people on Facebook to recruit them for information. They were not doing it as well as China by any means, but they're definitely doing it and stuff's out there and it's to be aware of. So it, I guess it doesn't matter why you pay attention to this, what you're worried about with cyber, what you're looking for to protect yourself. It's to understand that there are obvious things out there, like chain letters and guys that need you know $5,000 in some third world country to get your million dollars you never heard of or to help their mama. And those are very obvious scams, but there's other ones that aren't. And so it's to be aware of these things is why I share these stories. Be aware that these things are happening. Are you going to be on the list for Pegasus? Probably not, unless you're just a random person I don't know about that's very important or working in government somewhere. That's entirely possible one day you could be, but I doubt we have any listeners like that. But it's to be aware that this stuff can be used against anybody. Governments are spying on allies, they're spying on adversaries, they're spying on their own people. That is the reality of life. It's to understand it's there, to learn about it as much as possible so you can be aware it's there so that if you don't like it, and you can take the appropriate action in the voting booth or writing a letter, talking to somebody, making people aware, 
or just so that you can protect yourself and be aware these things are out there and there's people always doing bad things and the odds of it being you could be minimum but this is why i go back to things like the open source challenge when they find people online across the world they target them based on the information they can find online that's why i'm doing the open source challenge see what you can find on me but to do it to help yourself to find out what's out there on you when i did that older episode which i, I can't recall what i titled it and i talked about the individual on linkedin he didn't understand why he's being targeted by china and i looked at what was on his linkedin account is like yeah absolutely you're going to be targeted by them because the stuff he put on there that was really an over embellishment of information but it made him an aeros i think it was an aerospace target for stuff they were trying to collect so that's why i want to mention the open source challenge again what am i doing with that well i said i want to give out three prize winners i really do but it really depends on how many people submit stuff and how well you do. I can tell you a few things that I've picked up. I recently did the show on go bags. And in one of those, I mentioned one of the types of bags that I use, which is a type of messenger bag. I picked up three of those. So I have those. There'll be two books in there. One book each person will get is I just got a basic prepping book for people who want to learn more about prepping. And maybe this book isn't good for you. Maybe you've already read it, but I bet if you get it, you'll know somebody that wants it. It's called 31 Days to Survival, written by M.D. Creekmore, who's got a great website on prepping and survival and it's to give you projects to do for 31 days which most people won't do in 31 days but it gives you all these projects and ideas you can do to help get yourself set up to be more long-term prepared also i'll be throwing in one random book in each bag that will have something to do with either detecting deception reading body language some understanding intelligence something along the lines of what we discuss here i will be throwing in a few basic medical items I plan on putting at least a tourniquet in every one and have a few other things. I'm just telling you a little bit at a time until I get them completely put together and then I can let everybody know, hey, here's what's going to be in there. So there's definitely a monetary gain to doing this challenge. All you got to do is find every email and phone number I've ever used. Not all of them, just as many as you can. Whoever gets the most, the most correct ones, and can explain how they found them to show how they did that research has the potential to be one of these winners. And you have till Labor Day, so you still have about six weeks. And that is the challenge. It's been going on for over a month now. I've been dropping clues about once a week on here. I put a clue in one of the YouTube videos I did with David Robertson. I've been mentioning information to help you find out. There's at least one free email account you can find right in the show notes of this show. You can go to all my social media, look around. You can do your own research to find out how to find people online to determine what information you can find in me out there. There's well over 10 pieces of information for phone numbers and emails, but many of them aren't hard to find. So definitely do your best. If you have any questions, let me know. You can shoot them to me, leave them on here. If the question is specific to whether or not one of the answers you found is right or wrong, I'm not going to tell you that. You need to submit that as part of the contest. But if you want some guidance and help on how to find information, other than just generally, how do I find somebody's email, please send that to me and I'll do a show on it. Maybe do a how-to video, do whatever I can. So look up that article, look up the recent stuff on Iran, trying to recruit people. And it's so funny seeing how silly it was compared to more stellar, innovative intelligence agencies like China and what we do. And you can check that out, see what's out there, realize that stuff's out there all the time. Definitely get on the Intel training page. I'm dropping knowledge every day this week, putting out descriptions of the basic intelligence collection methods, as well as other articles, the sit reps and a few other things. Every once in a while, I put some stuff up there for everybody to see and about once a week, I'll go on there and do a brief overview of all the posts that were put up on a paid side for those that are not subscribers. 
This has been fun doing espionage in the news again. If you like this, definitely let me know and I'll do more of them in the future. And in some upcoming episodes, we're going to swing it back to a little over a year ago and start talking about interrogations again. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take a few of the approach techniques, as we call them, explain what they are. I'm going to pick one, do a show on one, explain to you how many, if not most of these, you have seen or definitely done unknowing to yourself. And I'm going to explain some real world situations based on interrogations I've been involved with either directly, indirectly, or as a supervisor, how those worked, and then compare them to everyday life, and explain to you how you can use them to your advantage. Because all they really are is, whether you do them or not, if you can think about them beforehand, you can use them as a strategy and how to gain whatever advantage you're looking for in that conversation. And I think that you'll enjoy that. So I'll be throwing those in among all the other shows over the next few weeks. If you like this episode, don't forget us a like, share, heart, whatever your platform is using, and Make sure you let people know you think will enjoy this material. Give us a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you're at. And don't forget to check out the show notes and check out dmrpublication.com. And we will be back again shortly with more information right here on Grayman, Hiding in Plain Sight.